T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. From KMOX Sports. Okay, boys, here we go. Welcome to the Great Bar Sports Open Line. Those bits swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Great Bar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Let's go. Now from Cardinal Spring Training in Jupiter, Florida and the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center, here's Matt Pauley. On a Thursday night, we do welcome you in. It is Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley, live from the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center in Jupiter. Today, the Cardinals, they pick up a win, but not technically in Grapefruit League play. Instead, in a WBC exhibition, they knock off Nicaragua by a 6-4 score. And the Billikens today, they get a win. They get a huge win uh, in the A-10 tournament as they're able to uh, roll by George Mason pretty easily, winning 82-54. to A lot of our area teams are uh, in action. In fact, uh, Illinois, they are going to, uh, are they just uh, underway? We'll keep you updated on that. Illinois right now trails Penn State 29-22 as uh, they are in the first half of the Big Ten tournament. So that gives you an idea of what's going on locally. The hometown team report being brought to you by T.R. Hughes Homes, St. Charles Premier New Home Builder. Uh, we've got a lot coming up here over the course of the next two hours. Here in about 10 minutes, we're going to be joined by a friend of the program, Carter Chapley. He uh, covers the Cardinals, but does all kinds of digital stuff for the Post-Dispatch and STL today, and uh, also keeps a very close eye on what's going on with the uh, Billikens and kind of covers them from an independent standpoint. I love his uh, Twitter space. Like the, the thing to do as a Billikens basketball fan is you listen to the game right here on KMOX with, uh, with Rammer and Earl, and then you listen to their post-game show because you want to hear from Coach Ford. You want to hear from whatever players might be uh, on. And then you get on Twitter, and you go to Carter's uh, Twitter account, and you go to his Twitter spaces, and you listen to a bunch of smart people talk about the Billikens because that's what it is. It's really – I'm always impressed with Carter and the uh, spaces uh, that he does uh, after games because – it's just really good conversation about the Billikens. So Carter Chapley, he is going to uh, join us coming up in uh, about 10 minutes later on this hour. We're going to talk Southeast Missouri basketball. Their coach, Brad Korn, is going to join us. Southeast Missouri, NCAA tournament bound after uh, they won the Ohio Valley Conference tournament. Uh, that was very, very cool. So we'll hear from uh, Coach Korn. Uh, we'll learn uh, next hour about a special visitor that was here in Jupiter today, a very 
very special visitor. Also next hour, uh, Rob Rains from stlsportspage.com uh, will join us, and we'll get uh, some of the comments that were made by uh, Cardinals manager Oliver Marmel today, both in his pre- and post-game media sessions. We'll play back some of the cuts from that on uh, the things he had to say today. Weird game. Weird for a few reasons today. So they, they play this WBC exhibition, which is a little bit different. It's not technically a Grapefruit League game, and there were some differences because of it. So, uh, for example, one thing that was different, none of the rules changes that are going to be in effect for this year in Major League Baseball were in effect for this game. This game was not, even though the World Baseball Classic is essentially governed by Major League Baseball, Major League Baseball rules, uh, the new rules at least, are not being used in the WBC. So there was no pitch clock today, and uh, there was no limit on uh, players stepping out of the box. I saw a picture on social media, Team USA. This didn't happen in in our game today, but I saw a picture of Team USA uh, using a shift. So that is something that you can't do in Major League Baseball. It is being used in the World Baseball Classic. I would suspect when the WBC comes back around here in a few years, they are going to be fully using Major League Baseball rules. But at least for this year, they did not adopt the new rules. So where that was kind of weird today is uh, Dakota Hudson's pitching for the Cardinals. And Hudson was doing his best to pitch at a certain pace. I I don't think he would have been called for any pitch clock violations today on his own accord. Like he was, he was getting the ball back and he was getting ready to pitch. And, uh, but then hitters from uh, team Nicaragua, they're, they're stepping out of the box. So you had one half of the equation in the pitcher kind of playing by the rules, by the new rules, even though the new rules were not being uh, enforced in this game. But then you had hitters who were doing the exact opposite. And it just felt kind of weird watching it. And there was a few times where a hitter would step out of the box and kind of take a lap and everything. And that's when you really realized how different the game is now. Because as it sits right now, when you're watching a game with the with the pitch timer, you don't really notice it unless a violation is called. It's just, it's not really top of the mind. Now, if all of a sudden there's an extra ball or an extra strike and the umpire has stepped out from his position and he's pointing at somebody, that's when you notice the clock. But just in the normal flow of the game, you don't notice the clock. So you really don't notice the time that would normally be spent that's no longer being spent because everybody's got to be ready to either uh, deliver a pitch or receive a pitch. Uh, In today's game, you noticed when guys would step out of the box and things like that. It just felt different. After even just a couple weeks of Grapefruit League play, you could already see the difference from one to the other. So, And I I, I like the new style of – I like pace of play. I think it's good. Get in the box. Throw your pitch. Like Do those things. I think it's good for the game that those things are happening at a little bit of a, a quicker pace. We'll talk more about this later on, but it was interesting. In fact, Kevin Wheeler and I had a discussion about this an hour ago when we did our 515 sportscast together. Dakota Hudson's line looks good. Four shutout innings, two hits, two strikeouts, three walks. I would not say that Cardinals manager Oliver Marmel was overly enthused about Hudson's performance today. Uh, He had too many three-ball counts, had too many walks, the three walks in four innings, uh, things like that, and... No disrespect meant to Team Nicaragua, 
that was not a lineup that is going to scare you. And Hudson was kind of doing that thing where he would pitch into a little bit of trouble and then he would pitch back out of it. And that's something that the Cardinals want him to do a, a better job at. So it's it's interesting sometimes when the line score and the postgame comments about somebody don't match up. And that was the case today. The box score makes it look like Hudson really pitched well. But if you listen to what Oliver Marmel had to say, there were still some concerns about the way he threw the ball. In fact, I will play some of those comments from you uh, from Oliver Marmel. We'll do that in a little bit more than an hour, 720, 725, 730-ish is uh, when we're going to. Uh, hear from uh, Oliver Marmel and his take on uh, what went down today. But we'll take a break right now. When we come back, we're set to be joined by uh, Carter Chapley from uh, the Post-Dispatch and STL Today. And uh, we'll talk uh, Billikens basketball and a few other things with him as well. That's all coming up in just a moment. We're broadcasting. We are live at the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center in Jupiter, right across the street from Roger Dean Stadium at Sports Open Line. More in a moment here on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Open Line does continue. We're broadcasting from the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center in Jupiter, Florida. We're very happy to welcome on to the program right now Carter Chapley. You read him at STL Today in the Post-Dispatch. He does podcast stuff. He does digital stuff. He, he does all kinds of things. Then he's covering the Billikens independently. He's rocking Twitter spaces after Billikens games. He's everywhere. He's on Twitter at Chapley Media, and he joins us right now. Hi, Carter. Hey, how are you doing? I wish I was in Florida with you. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I, I've asked a few times because um, the the papers had it. Derek's been here the whole time. Like the whole crew has been here. Kyle must have been here. So yeah, you should you should have fought to uh, to get uh, some time here in Florida. <laughs> no, someone's got to take care of the uh, the mothership back home in St. Louis, and that and that's me. So I'm, I'm more than happy to do it so that our team can continue to provide the unprecedented coverage that the uh, STL today and Post Dispatch provide for Cardinals coverage. I'm happy to do it. I was talking with Daniel Guerrero earlier, and you and him do the uh, the best podcast in minors. I think I messed up the, the best. Did I get that right? The best podcast in the minors? What's the name of the podcast? The best podcast in the minors. We cover all of the yeah. Cardinals right. minor league systems. Yeah. 
Okay, so I got that right. That doesn't happen yeah. very often. And um, I told Daniel because you work with a guy, you do the soccer podcast and soccer videos with uh, with Tom Timmerman, who's got the greatest hats in the world. And I told Daniel Guerrero that he has to start wearing those type of hats because Tom wears them, so he has to wear them. And I don't think Daniel was all in on the Tom Timmerman hat. Maybe not the Tom Timmerman hat, but I am actively working to find a hat to uh to, to, to match Tom Timmerman's energy. Uh, so we'll see, we'll see if I can get him convinced on whatever hat I end up finding for that. Oh, okay. So what's, what's the, uh, what, what are the choices right now? Oh, well, right, right now we're looking at getting some, uh, some St. Louis post dispatch baseball caps, you know, refitted and remade, uh, you know, okay. stuff, stuff like that, a bolt perhaps uh, a cowboy hat or something from uh, Yellowstone might be up, up his, uh, up his alley. So who knows? We're trying to get creative. What about like the, uh, the Samuel L. Jackson backwards Kangol hat? You know, I, 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 I've tried to pull that off in the past and, and I'll, I'll just leave it at tried. <laughs> Does he even wear, like, is this, is that still a thing? I, I don't think I've seen Samuel L. Jackson lately. Does he still rock that? I have no idea. I feel like if I look him up on Wikipedia, it'll be the first thing that pops up, but I, 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 yeah. I would, I'd have to get. It's become so much part of who he is that I guess may, maybe it doesn't even matter. Okay, uh, no good way to transition to Billikens basketball. So we'll just <laughs> jump right in. Uh, they beat George Mason today, eighty-two fifty-four. Really a one-sided game. They're down and they go on a big run at the end of the first half, and then they they keep the lead in the second half. Like this one never got interesting, and this was that. That's good for the for to me. That's good for the Billikens that they played like that. Do you agree? Oh, I mean, they, I, they, not only did they play well, they've had probably their best game of the season, which is incredibly frustrating for a team that, you know, we, we were looking at all season going like, hey, when are you going to do the thing where you guys are really good? Like, we all kind of know you can be. We, we look at the pieces and know once you guys put this all together, you guys are going to be really good. And I guess they were just waiting for the conference tournament to turn it on because, I mean, going into this game, I said – George Mason was not a matchup that SLU would have wanted heading into the tournament. They don't like they're a bit of a matchup nightmare for SLU with, with senior Josh Oduro on George Mason. He is a, a legit big man in the Atlantic 10 and he's eaten their lunch a couple of times in his career. And I was like, re- I was really nervous that this was kind of the kind of game that you kind of get bounced early from. And it turns out they were more than prepared. They, they brought some new stuff, specifically a three, two zone, but more, more than anything, they, didn't have to utilize too much else besides that. And in a tournament setting, if you cannot show off all of your, you know, all of your tricks in night one, because they're going to have to face VCU on Saturday now, they're, they're, they're basically coming at it with a fresh playbook, considering how dominant they were for 30-plus minutes in this game. They had assists on about 80% of their baskets, 26 of 33. That's a, that's a great percentage. Is that an indication that the offense was really working? Oh, 100%. And it, it shows where their mindset was that headed into this game. Because, of the, you know, if, if, with 26 assists, there are nights where they've had 26 assists this season, but Yuri Collins has had 18 or 19 of them in a game. So it means he was getting, you know, the vast majority. He only had 10 today. There was, six, like, there was 16 other assists by players, especially from – you know, guys like Gibson Jimerson and Francis Socorro and Jake Forrester who were providing secondary assist creation and offensive production in, in that sense. So it, the, the ball was moving. They were unselfish. They were, I mean, 
a step ahead almost the entire game. And if they can continue to be that, you know, I, I like to use the word unselfish because, you know, it's everyone wants to get their shot. It's a team full of guys who can get their own shot off. But if they can make that extra pass like we saw them do today, I mean, there's a reason they came into the season with top 25 potential. And if they're hitting their stride now, there's not a team left in the tournament that they can't beat. So games like this, I don't always feel like the box score tells the entire story because when you're up that big, eventually you're going to take your foot off the pedal down the stretch. So it doesn't, it's not representative of a 40 minute effort from everybody. But that being said, off the bench, Sincere Parker scores 10 points in 16 minutes. Jake Forrester scores 9 points in 15 minutes. It feels like if they're going to beat VCU, they're going to have to get production off of their bench. Is it a good sign that specifically those two guys had some offensive scoring success today and were efficient as well? Each of them were 4 of 7 from the field. I I think it's the efficiency thing that you need from them more than anything. If they... If they can be really efficient in their opportunities, that, that bodes really, really well for the Billikens. Um, same thing with a guy like Yuri Collins as, as an offensive producer outside of just passing. Uh, he was 3 of 7, which is better than it has been of late. Francis Okoro was 3 of 4. Like it, it's a, I think for them it's about taking good shots. And, and even if, you know, if they're taking good shots, typically this team is talented enough that they'll go in. And it's usually their efficiency numbers drop when they're not taking good shots. And so for, with a guy like Jake Forrester, who is, I think, fundamental to this team's success as, as the secondary big man, if, if he can provide an extra scoring punch, that's really helpful. But really, I think you're looking for him to be more of a, um, a rebounder and then really strong on the defensive end. That, that's where it killed them against VCU in both of their games, was Slew wasn't able to stand up to the pressure defensively. Because like, the thing with VCU is they are tough as nails on their end on defense. So you're going to have to, you know, to really battle to get every point you need. So you need to match that intensity on defense on your end. And if you're not, they're going to keep the game to like 50, like 40 points sometimes. And if they just hit enough to beat you, that they, they, they don't need much. So as a team this year, they've shot 46%. But today they're at plus 10 over that. They shoot 56%. That's one of the areas where the box score does tell the story. Offensively, if they could, and it goes back to what we were just talking about when it comes to efficiency. They were incredibly efficient today. And again, I, you don't want to get Billikens fans' hopes up too much because this is a team that has uh, not been able to sustain high levels of success throughout the year. But that's a really good sign. Oh, it's incredibly good. If, if they can... And going into these tournaments, it's not easy to, to, to maintain efficiency. It's, in fact, the opposite. You go like you go into a new gym that you haven't played in all your brand-new sight lines, kind of like the same thing we talk about in these big tournaments at places around Thanksgiving and these kinds of like tropical events with weird gyms. You go into an NBA gym for the first time basically all season with a new basketball, with a new environment, playing weird start times. It's really easy to have your efficiencies drop and to take bad shots. Yeah. And if they can, they're a senior team. Everyone on this team has gone through, basically everyone who plays minutes has gone through multiple conference tournaments in their own way. I think Sincere Parker and uh, Larry Hughes Jr. are the only two who haven't. And those two guys, you don't have to worry about confidence going into these two things. But if, if they can maintain that level of efficiency, of efficiency, even drop it, just maintain somewhere near the 50% shooting rate, they're going to be a really tough out in this tournament. But that's kind of the difference between what, 
you know, they've been all season and then leading up to this year. If they could just be what we think they have the ability to be, they wouldn't be in the situation they're in now. They would be pretty easily in the tournament. Have you bought your Tyler O'Neill Team Canada jersey yet, Carter? You know, um, I don't know if folks have seen this on Twitter, but I'm actively against the Team Canada jerseys they've released. It's, 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 a, it's a travesty. It's atrocious. I'm so disappointed with the, the design of the Team Canada jerseys that, no, I intended to go buy a jersey, uh, but I have not because of how, how poorly they're designed. And if, if you're listening and you don't know what they look like, you can find it on my Twitter account, at Chapley Media, where I, I have been actively calling out Baseball Canada and the president of Baseball Canada for, you know, we, we play this event with Major League Baseball players. This is best on best for the, for the first time in how many years? They do it every once every four years. Pandemic backs it up. And we get guys like Freddie Freeman on the, on the roster for Team Canada and Tyler O'Neill, And you get, you know, Bo Naylor, big-time Canadian baseball stars. Joey Votto will be there, though he's not playing. Larry Walker is an assistant coach. And you put them in the grossest, most, I, I don't even, lazy jerseys compared to some of the great ones we've seen in World Baseball Classic history. It's truly a travesty. I'm so disappointed. I didn't get an answer though. like that. Oh, so good. Great. Carter, at Chapley Media on Twitter, Post-Dispatch, STL Today, STL Pinch Hits, podcast, everything. He's awesome. He's a friend of the program. Thank you so much for your time. Hey, thank you for having me. And, and tweet at Baseball Canada, better jerseys. Hashtag better jerseys, says Carter Chapley. All right, Carter, appreciate it. Carter Chapel joining us here on uh, Sports Open Line. Uh, we are going to take a break, and when we uh, come back, we're going to stop talking about uh, bad Canadian baseball jerseys. Instead, we're going to talk about good basketball teams. Well, we were talking about a good basketball team, talking about SLU. But uh, one team that's already punched their ticket into the NCAA tournament is Southeast Missouri. Their head coach, Brad Korn, scheduled to join us in just a moment or so as we take a break. We're broadcasting from the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center in Jupiter. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. As we continue here on KMOX, the Bar Sports Open Line, broadcasting from the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center in Jupiter, Florida, and Cardinals Spring Training. So as we get set for baseball, the basketball season it is at its best point of the year. The NCAA tournament's right around the corner, and a team that's going to be participating, that would be Southeast Missouri State after they come up with a championship in the OVC, and we're very happy to uh, once again welcome on to the program their head coach, Brad Korn. Coach, thank you so much uh, for your time. It's been a few days since you guys uh, won the OVC. How are you uh, still feeling? Uh, you know what? Ever since Saturday night, I've been still trying to wipe the smile off my face and, and can't seem to do it. Uh, just, again, the way, the manner in which we won, too, just all the dramatics, kicking off March Madness, as you mentioned, and uh, the way our kids played and performed, four games in four days, and uh, just a just a great way to kick it off. Obviously, happy that you're on the winning side of things, uh, but just what it did for our university and our program to be able to go back to the USA tournament for the first time in 23 years. Uh, just a lot at stake, and again, the way that the game went and the way that we played, it just uh, had all the dramatics and just uh, couldn't be more proud of our guys. 
it was uh, it was an incredible finish. The game goes to overtime. Uh, you guys had a really solid overtime period, but emotions are all over the place, especially right there at the end of, of regulation. What do you as a coach do to get your team, uh, I don't know if re-locked in or staying locked in, whatever term you want to use, but what, what's the message? What do you do to make sure they're good to go for that overtime period? Yeah, we really kind of gave it away. We're up seven with a minute 11 left in the game and, and you know the time that you got to be solid get fouled get to the line and, and end the game we didn't so uh, to your point a lot of emotions going on so I'm always thinking about the next play and a lot of our guys thought that the play was there was no next play because we thought it was a three-pointer that they hit uh, at the end of regulation there and ended up being a two his foot was on the line uh, so we go to overtime and now it's just trying to get your guys refocused and hey it's it's five more minutes and I'll give a, a St. Louis kid on our team Dylan Branson a ton of credit uh, in that moment, he, he stepped up in the huddle and, and said, hey, guys, the way we feel right now, we've got five more minutes to never have to feel that way again. And, um, you know, it's in those moments, in those times of peer leadership, uh, when it comes from one of the players, that it just means a little bit more. You know, as coaches, we're always trying to push the players, push them, push them, push them. And day after day, practice after practice, it can become old shoe. So to have Dylan step up in that moment and really get the guys re-energized and refocused was was huge. What's what's it like in that moment where you don't know if it's the three or the two? You know what? I was just trying to get our guy. You know, there literally were tears being cried by some of our guys. Uh, when it first happened, where he caught the ball, I, I didn't understand or even realize that it was even potentially a three. I thought they were going to the monitor to make sure he got it off in time. So it's like, well, I'm in my mind. I'm like, well, it's, I know it's good. Let's get over here and get ready. Let's get refocused, as you mentioned before. Let's get ready for overtime and then when I saw the monitor on the side that's when I first my my heart dropped like oh my goodness we just lost this game there's no way this can be real um so again it's it's just getting everybody refocused it's it really is like hey let's hit reset Uh, myself the staff it's like okay let's hit reset let's get to the next play you know as coaches we're always trying to get to the next play and try to see and predict everything that can happen in the future and making sure that you're prepared so it's just getting your guys back focused and prepared for what's to come What's the antidote, the story, the thing that hasn't been talked about, but that for the rest of your life, when you're telling the story of your team getting in, that, that, that you're going to share? Maybe it's a text message you got or something that happened or something. Maybe it was what you just shared already. Mm-hmm. But what is that thing that uh, isn't out there so much, but is so much part of this story? That's a really good question. Uh, that's a really good question. I, the easy answer is the whole story, but um, – you know, we had 10 new guys on the roster. We had two new coaches. So there was a lot of turnover. And uh, for me, it's more so just the embraces that I had with the players uh, when the final buzzer went off and we won a championship. And just some of the things that were said to me by our guys that obviously stays with us. But um, that's what I'm going to take away from it. Just so many guys just thanking us. And, um, you know, guys like Dylan Branson saying, thank you for taking a chance on me. A guy like Israel Barnes saying, thank you for taking a chance on me. And, um, I don't know if there's just that one thing other than just the, the normal things that sports and teams go through throughout the course of the year and just the, really just the heart and the toughness that the guys uh, showed. Uh, it wasn't an easy year. We had a ton of injuries and illnesses. and I think we only had two practices with our whole roster. So it just was the culmination of all those things. But I think maybe the one thing I'll take away from is just the, the steeliness and the, the level-headedness and the look in our guys' eyes the whole weekend. Uh, they were on a mission. And uh, they really didn't waver from it. And we told them before we left, if you don't believe we can win, don't get on the bus. If, you, if you're not going to pack for four days, 
don't get on the bus. And I think that's probably the one thing in that moment in that locker room. Everybody had a great sense of belief. Southeast Missouri men's basketball coach Brad Korn continuing to uh, join us. What did your cell phone look like when you opened it up for the first time <laughs> after that game? Uh, by the time we got doing, you know, the media and the, the cutting of the nets and giving hugs, and uh, by the time I got to my phone, it was 250, 300 some odd text messages, and uh, it's just I, I responded to everybody. Again, it's just a what a moment, and you're talking about the first ticket punched, uh, prime time, ESPN two, seven o'clock. Uh, just again, the theatrics, the emotions. It's just a high level basketball game, and um, I think that we were able to capture the hearts of America for for just that short period of time, taking off the March Madness. We're seeing it now throughout this week, all the way into the weekend, leading into Sunday. So, uh, just a huge. Um, just a huge moment, you know, just really not just for, for the staff and the players and the university, but really for the whole region of Southeast Missouri. So I uh, just couldn't be more proud of that and to have people pay attention and understand. And just a lot of the comments of, of people just happy for you because you've treated people the right way along the, pro- along the way and within the process. So it's just, it's reaffirming that what you're doing is right. And I've been blessed by being to be around so many good coaches in my career. And so it's just uh, to be able to have them have some of that gratitude and, and satisfaction with it just makes it all, all worthwhile. Cape Girardeau has amazing sports fans. I was there for the uh, the Cardinals caravan, and they absolutely filled up the uh, the event center uh, that we were at. How cool has it been for you to be back in the city and just hearing from, from people and how proud they are of your team? Yeah, it's, it's just – you know, we were at SEMO as an athletics department. Uh, we've won over 20 championships in three years here with all of our sports programs. So we're really a, a, a program, athletics department on the rise, and we got we have to do a better job of telling our story and get people to, to know about it and uh, for it to be an okay place for people to come and play and compete and, and just get that brand awareness and that notice. Uh, we deserve it. As you said, we've got a great little town. We've got a, a great campus, a great region, a great area. So it's been – People have been waiting for this for 23 years, and to be able to say that you had a small part in bringing that here is, is something that will will live on forever. You know, five, ten, 20 years from now. You know, I told the guys the other day in 2043, you know, 20 years from now, there, there's going to be a reunion, and you guys all get to come over here and, and come back to the place of, of, of hopefully something that you built that will last a very, very long time. But we do have a a great fan base, great people around this area and this region, and to be able to give them some pride and some joy in their men's basketball program is uh, is something we set out to do three years ago. It's just uh, I can't believe it happened that fast, but very, very proud of the, of the effort of our guys to be able to bring that. Coach, it was such a fun game to watch in the championship. I'm, I'm, you know, we we had you on before the season got started. It was fun to get to know you then. I'm just so happy for you and uh, happy for your your program and everybody associated with Southeast Missouri. Uh, thank you so much for for taking this time. Best of luck in the tournament, and I'm sure we'll uh, we'll have you on again real soon. That sounds good. Appreciate you having me on. Thank you. You bet. That's Brad Corn. He is the head coach of the Southeast Missouri men's basketball team. They are headed to the NCAA tournament. It was such a fun game. I was, uh, yeah, I, it was one of those things where, uh, so City SC was playing at the same time, and 
I just here where like in the condo that we're at and like trying to use Apple AirPlay and everything, I'm having a heck of a time uh, getting the, the Apple TV stuff to, to, to watch for the MLS. But I have no problem watching on ESPN Plus. My ESPN Plus works perfectly fine. Same same tablet, same everything. For some reason, ESPN Plus is good. Apple TV's not. It's funny that I say that because I'm the guy always pushing and promoting streaming stuff. So we'll leave that on the side for a second. Uh, watch this uh, OVC championship game. Fantastic game. And now I uh, can't wait to see what's next for Southeast Missouri as they head to the NCAA tournament. All right, we're going to shift gears. Uh, we'll talk some uh, St. Louis Blues hockey in just a moment or so. They're in action this evening. They're going to get going in about 15 minutes over uh, at the Enterprise Center. We'll hear from uh, Coach Craig Berube. He spoke with the uh, media earlier today after uh, morning skates. That's coming up next. It's Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. We're back with you on a Gray Bar Sports Open Line as uh, we begin to uh, wrap things up here in hour number one of the program coming up. In uh, hour number two, Rob Rains from uh, stlsportspage.com uh, is going to uh, join us from here in Jupiter. We'll talk all things Cardinals baseball with him. And speaking of uh, the Cardinals, we'll also get into uh, things, uh, just listening back to uh, some of the comments made today by Cardinals manager Oliver Marmel from both his uh, pregame and postgame media availability. St. Louis Blues Hockey, they are back at tonight. Uh, the struggles certainly have uh, continued they have lost uh, two in a row, and uh, also, uh, let's do all the math here. They are now at, what, eight of their last nine that they've lost. It's just not going well. Tonight, uh, they are going to match up against San Jose. Blues coach uh, Craig Berube speaking with the media earlier today. There's a lot of talk about uh, Alexi Torpchenko. So Torpchenko is on the top line right now. He's the uh, left winger beside center Robert Thomas and also uh, right winger Jordan Kairou. And uh, Barubi spoke about uh, the motivation and why they have decided to put Torpchenko there uh, on that top line. I'd done it a while back there for a couple games. Um, it was a good response, I thought. You know, listen, Torpel's worked extremely hard. He's done He's done a real good job of um, improving this year and becoming a real solid player for us. And it's, it's deserving for me. I mean, uh, but also on the other side of things, he can help that line. Um, Ford check. You know, create loose puck battles, get to the net more. Um, trying to create just a little bit of an identity of having a net front guy in every line a little bit, you know, like getting to the net. Um, I just don't feel offensively that we we do a good enough job of, of that. Ruby would go on to talk about what Torpchenko has been doing recently and just uh, how he continues to uh, improve and bring more and more to his club. I think his puck improvement's uh, better. He's um, more confident with it. You know, the other night, busting through them, Dean getting a breakaway, just little things like that where he's on his toes offensively more. Um, you know, so for me, like, I think he's always been a very good defensive player in position and stuff, but now he's starting to grasp the other side of things of, with the offense, hanging on the pucks more, trying to, you know, take pucks to the net, make some plays, things like that. So yeah, it's just a growing thing. He's got to keep improving on that. The second line is now going to be centered by Pavel Buchnevich. So uh, Buchnevich moves uh, from a winger spot into a center spot, and uh, Barubi had some things to say about that, both from a kind of a big-picture standpoint of what uh, Buchnevich has done all season long as he moves into this different spot, and also uh, the challenges and what goes along with making that uh, move from a, a winger spot to being over, uh, not over, but in the middle. Bucci's been a very good player since we've gotten him. Um, you know, you don't see 
too many stretches where he's not performing at a high level in all areas of the game. Penalty kill, power play, defensively, offensively. You know, he's um, he wants to win. Um, that's the most important thing to him is being, um, you know, is winning and, and, and contributing to winning. Um, big, the biggest adjustments he's going to obviously make is, has to make is um, working back to our end and playing low on our end more than anything at center. And then finally, some changes being made on the power play as well. And uh, Barubi talking about that, saying that they absolutely need to get more production from the power play group. It's just last game for me with all the power plays that we had, five on three. I mean, just we didn't execute well enough to to win the game. That's the, you know, the game's right there to be won. And if we execute and score a couple power play goals, probably looking at a different score in the game. But it didn't happen, so we've got to change it up and see if we can get some chemistry here. So, again, the Blues, they are in action tonight. They take on San Jose. That's going to start in just a few minutes, actually. A 7 o'clock puck drop over at the Enterprise Center. They're playing three of their next four games at home. They'll be in Columbus on Saturday, and then they'll come back home for games on uh, Sunday and Wednesday against Vegas and Minnesota, respectively, back at the the Enterprise Center. All right, that is it for hour number one of the program. When we come back at hour number two, uh, we'll hear about a special visitor today, a, um, a future Hall of Famer making his way into uh, Jupiter, and there's kind of some stuff that goes along with that. We'll uh, give you all the details. Uh, Rob Rains from uh, stlsportspage.com will join us, and also we hear some of the uh, comments made today by uh, Cardinals manager Oliver Marmel. That's all on the way next. It is the Gray Bar Sports Open Line. We are broadcasting from the TR Hughes Homes Broadcast Center in Jupiter. More in a moment right here on KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.